Welcome to My American Melting Pot, the podcast for people living multicultural lives. I'm your host, Lori L. Farps. I'm a Black woman married to a Spanish man raising three bilingual, biracial, bicultural children. I'm also a journalist, an author, and an anti-racism educator and consultant. Some people call me a cultural critic or a pop culture pundit. I call myself a diversity diva, and I'm really glad you're here for the Don't Be Racist series on the My American Melting Pod podcast. This is episode number 53 of the podcast and our fifth lesson in the Don't Be Racist series. Last week, we talked about the importance of using our voice to confront racist behavior. The motto I shared was, if you see something, say something when it comes to racism. Today, on the flip side, we're going to talk about voice again, but this time it's all about what not to say as an anti-racist warrior. In other words, how to avoid ever having someone say to you, hey, that was racist. Stay tuned to hear my list of questions, sentences, and phrases you should remove from your vocabulary and why if you want to be a good anti-racist warrior. Note, white people, this episode really is for you. Now, before we get to the lesson, I want to take a moment to talk about a book that would make the perfect gift for the budding anti-racist in your life, or better yet, for the parents trying to raise an anti-racist child. The book is called Anti-Racist Baby, and it's by Ibrahim X. Kendi, the same author who wrote How to Be an Anti-Racist for Adults. But this is a delightful board book, and it's rhythmical and filled with colorful images of multicultural families. But the simple lessons included are appropriate for anyone trying to be an anti-racist. Even though it's technically a book for babies or small children, I just ordered a copy for myself and my daughter on bookshop.org. You can too. Like I said, the lessons are really simple, but sometimes simple is what we need when it comes to understanding complex topics like racism and how to be an effective anti-racist. So check out the My American Melting Pot online bookstore and get a copy of Anti-Racist Baby for yourself or someone you love. The book is less than $10, so you don't have to wait for the holidays to buy. Okay, great. Now, let's get to our lesson about things you just don't want to say if you're trying to be an anti-racist. Hello, anti-racism warriors. Class is in session. Today's lesson is pretty easy to understand. There are things you just shouldn't say if you want to be an anti-racist, if you don't want to be accused of being racist, or if you just want to consider yourself a decent white person who doesn't want to be offensive to people of color. Now, if we're honest, this could be an ongoing lesson that would not end until 2022 if I could actually go through a list of things that you should never say. I mean, not to mention, there are things that, you know, might be okay to say in a private, safe space that are not okay to say in a public space. So obviously, everything I'm saying today is true, but context and nuance can always change things. So just please keep that in mind as you're listening to the things I'm saying today. I'm going to share some common phrases, questions, and sentences that I often hear people say that, for the most part, are considered racist or racially insensitive. And if you think that, you know, maybe there's an exception to this rule that I'm talking about, there probably is, and that's okay. But if you, for the most part, try to remove these phrases from your vocabulary, 
it will definitely aid you on your journey to being a good anti-racist. And once you master this list, you can branch out and learn more. You can teach others and otherwise continue on your journey to being the best anti-racist warrior possible. Okay, so let's go. In no particular order, these are things white people shouldn't say if they don't want to be accused of being racist. Number one, and probably the most important, if you ever start a sentence with, I'm not being racist, but right there, you should assume that you're going to say something offensive. If you start your sentence with, I'm not being racist, but then you should check in with yourself as to what it is you're going to say next. If the next thing you're going to say could be offensive, don't say it. If you're not sure, you can say it, but Don't preface it with, I'm not being racist, because you're going to already send up the bat signals for people, whoever it is you're talking to, okay? So just get rid of, I'm not being racist, but as a preface for anything you're about to say. Number two, and by the way, like I said, none of these are in any kind of order. This is just a list of things you don't want to say. Two, black on black crime. We've talked about this statistic in a previous episode, and when people use that phrase, black on black crime, it's usually meant to signify that black people disproportionately commit crimes against their own kind, which in turn pathologizes the black community. It suggests that black people are somehow more violent than other people, and they're so uncaring and unfeeling. But the fact of the matter is that Most crime is committed against people of the same race. So if you were going to say black on black crime, then you would have to then also reference white on white crime and Asian on Asian crime. But then it would have to be probably broken down to Chinese on Chinese crime. And and do you see how crazy and silly this sounds? The understanding, again, that we only talk about black on black crime is because it is rooted in the idea that black people are more violent than other people and more, I guess, deviant in that they would hurt their own people. So don't use that phrase. Number three, referring to people as minorities. I know maybe you haven't thought about this and you hear this term all the time. Minorities, the minority community, minority people. No, people are not minorities. Minority is a mathematical term. It refers to numbers. Human beings are not numbers. I am not a minority. I am a black woman. I am a person. I have an ethnic background. I have a cultural background. I even have a racial background, if you will. But please do not refer to humans as minorities. Number four, black people were not slaves. Black people were enslaved. Use the term enslaved instead of slaves. It makes a big difference. Number five, do not use the phrase people of color when you mean black people. If you are referring to specifically black people, then use the phrase black people. If you are talking about a group of multicultural people, meaning some black, some Latino, some Asian, some Native American, then you can say people of color. But be specific and don't use people of color as an umbrella term or as some sort of euphemism for black people. Number six, if you are not black, do not use the N-word, period. Not gonna explain that. Number seven, If you are not black, do not use phrases like, hey, girlfriend, or my brother. Remember, there is such a thing as cultural appropriation, even in language. And even though black vernacular is often appropriated, it can be offensive and insensitive to many people. So just err on the side of caution and don't use those phrases. Number eight, 
I want to believe you, but could you give me some concrete examples of the racism you claim you experienced? Could you show me some specific proof? Unless your name is Judge Judy, you don't need proof of somebody's trauma or the racism that they have experienced. The only thing you need to do is to be empathetic. It is very understandable if you are a white person and you have not experienced racism, why you may want to ask for proof or you may negate somebody's experiences by saying, I want to believe you, but can you give me some concrete examples? That is really, really damaging for a black person or a person of color to hear that you need proof. Please try not to use that type of phrasing or those types of questions when people of color are giving you their examples of their racial trauma. Number nine, do not ask Asian American or Latino people in the United States where they are from or where their people are from unless you really are asking what state they were born in. Assume their ancestors were here as long or longer than yours. Number 10, don't call hard shell tacos that come out of a taco kit from the grocery store Mexican food. That's just a pet peeve of mine. And related to that, number 11, Spanish is not the term to describe people from Latin America nor their cuisine. Tacos, beans and rice, plantains, ropa vieja, that is not Spanish food. Each one of those different food items come from unique countries with unique cuisines. Not only is lumping people of Latin descent and their culture under the umbrella Spanish incorrect geographically, it's also identifying a group of people with their colonizer, which is completely no bueno. Number 12, never say, can I call you Joe? Because your name is just too difficult for me to pronounce. No. You can't call him Joe. That's racist. It really is racist and insensitive and traumatizing and damaging when people say, I can't pronounce your name or your name is too difficult for me to pronounce. There has actually been a lot of research done on how damaging this can be on particularly young people. There is a professor at the University of California, Riverside named Rita Coley. She researches this actually. And she says that the changing of people's names has a racialized history. And she speaks of renaming during slavery, renaming in the Americanization schools for the Latinx community and indigenous communities. So there's a lot of like racial and racist history tied into this practice of calling, you know, your friend who has a non-English name and then giving them an English name or telling them that you can't pronounce their name. It's one thing to say that your name is difficult, but I'm going to keep working on it or to acknowledge that you're struggling, but you don't rename somebody and you don't make somebody feel bad because you can't pronounce their name. That's your problem, not their problem. And this professor studies, by the way, she showed that the mispronouncing of names of students in the classrooms, it leads to depression and anxiety for these kids. And they're even less likely to raise their hand and participate in their own education because of this anxiety around their name. So again, something as basic as, hey, can I call you Joe because your name is too difficult to pronounce? It matters and it is rooted in racist practices. So don't say that. All right. Almost done. Number 13, try to avoid phrases like your people, those people, and you people. 
Number 14, avoid referring to or saying to a black person or another person of color, you're so articulate as if that's an unusual characteristic to find in a person of color. If I had a dime for how many times people told me growing up that I was so articulate, I'd be a rich woman right now. And the reason that this is racist is because there's an underlying assumption that I wouldn't be articulate, which is why it's commented on. It basically is, again, suggesting that you're surprised by my ability to manipulate the English language because your assumption must have been that Black people or other people of color aren't articulate. We're not smart enough to cleverly manipulate the English language. So be mindful of those types of compliments. Number 15, stay away from the question, what are you? People are not a what. Often when people are ethnically ambiguous, they get that question, what are you? And first of all, humans are not a what, so it's not even correct to say that. But it's also nobody's business what a person's ethnic background is. You don't need to know that information unless you're a census taker. So get rid of that question. And number 16, my least favorite question, but the one that I have been asked many times in my life, can I touch your hair? Please don't ask people that question. Now, I know, I know. Aren't you supposed to ask? Yes, it would be better to ask to touch somebody's hair before throwing your hands on top of somebody's crowning glory. But really, nobody wants you touching their hair, period. Black people or other people with amazing hair are not pets. They're not animals at the zoo. They don't want to be petted. They don't want to have their hair touched, manipulated, and manhandled by strangers. There should be nothing in your psyche that would suggest that it's okay to touch somebody's hair. Just because it's beautiful, just because it has a texture that's not like yours, doesn't mean that you should be touching it, okay? So that's my list of 16 questions, phrases, comments that you should not make if you don't want to be seen as racist. All right, let's recap. To be an anti-racist warrior, you do have to use your words. That said, you have to make sure they are the right words. Now, nobody said you have to be perfect and you're going to mess up. That's okay. You're human and you're on a journey. All you have to do is apologize when you do mess up because you know you did and you know it can be hurtful. But words like I'm sorry are also powerful. Words like I see you are powerful. Words like I respect you enough to get things right and to keep trying are powerful as well. Thank you for listening, Anti-Racism Warriors in Training. Give yourselves a high five for showing up and listening to this podcast. You're planting seeds, and I know we will all reap the benefits from the work you are doing. Don't forget to check out the My American Melting Pot Bookshop on bookshop.org to get a copy of Anti-Racist Baby. It's listed in the Books for Raising Anti-Racist Children section. Also, please follow My American Melting Pot on Facebook to find more useful and inspiring content that celebrates diversity and kicks rocks at racism. Now, if you haven't already, please take a moment to leave a rating or a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. The more reviews we have, the more people will find the show and have a listen. 
I'd love to get some reviews, but I'd be perfectly happy with a five-star rating or even a four-star rating. If you don't like this show, just don't leave me a rating, okay? Thanks. Now, you know I can't let you go without reminding you to vote. Please, please, please vote like your life depended on it because it really, really does. Also, please vote because our ancestors died for the opportunity to vote and because you have to vote to maintain this democracy. We have the power to protect it and we must with our vote. Thank you. My American Melting Pot is produced by me, Lori Tharps. Our editor and technical director is Brad Linder. Our theme music was composed by Sumi Tanoka. Thanks for listening, Melting Pot community, and always remember to live your life in color.